Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. Ah, uh, yes, it's noontime. Time for another edition of Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the ESPN Honolulu studios. Yesterday was a pretty darn cool day. We were down on street level. We were among the people celebrating the back-to-back -back national championships for the Rainbow Warrior men's volleyball team. And uh, obviously, uh, it was the downtown rally after they were able to be presented proclamations from both the governor and the mayor. Uh, it was just an awesome, awesome uh, experience, especially because of some of the people that were able to come out, you had uh, among the aunties, right? The famous aunties who are the super fans for University of Hawaii Volleyball on both the men's and women's side. Uh, you had Auntie Loretta, you had Auntie Lenora who both showed up. Auntie Loretta who's not been in the best of health uh, here as of late, so wasn't able to attend the matches uh, during the men's season, but she showed up yesterday and, and boy did that uh, brighten my day being able to see her and uh, another thing that brightens my day is being able to sit up here in this studio across from my man who's sitting in here on this Wednesday edition of the program KHON2 sports director Rob DeMello Robbie D how you doing buddy doing good man you know I gotta say this that I, I don't know what song that was that that starts your show it's it's can we talk by Tevin Campbell okay. written by babyface come on Rob. okay so anyone who doesn't no, Kanoa Lady <laughs> is the king of karaoke. <laughs> and I and I guarantee you that's a song you sing, right? That's got to be. I mean, I've tried it. It's a it's a very difficult song to sing. Okay, it's, and, it's very it's very high. And that's a humble brag because no, you're funny. saying that you've executed <laughs> it, and you're like, oh, it's you're, you know only no, the no, no, only no, the no. best singers in the world. Can... No, I'm saying I've failed. Like I've tried, I've failed. I'm trying to stop setting the standard so high um, that th those days are, are well behind me. Those are <laughs> the, over over time. The voice tends to change. You know what I mean? When you get older, it's like uh, it's like you start to get more wrinkles. I wouldn't know. And the voice starts. I wouldn't change. know because I have the same voice I had <laughs> since I was seven years old. But no, so the the king of karaoke, and and I remember the days where we would go to a, to a bar and there'd be a karaoke machine, and then everyone'd be like, "Kanoa, come on, sing, bro! I love when you sing." And you'd be like, "No, no, 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 not today." And then he pulls like this golden microphone out of his pocket that he carries around, and he's like, "Oh, is this thing on?" Do, 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 do. I really wasn't prepared. Yeah, uh, I yeah. was a, a one, a two, a one, two. Hey, Le hey Leon, run it back two octaves higher. Backup singers in gold. <laughs> dresses appear out of nowhere <laughs> very accurate description no exaggeration whatsoever robbie d in the house you weren't down there at the downtown rally but uh i know that you saw some of the footage and uh, man that was really cool because last year after the national championship uh, was realized for the rainbow warriors you know they had the downtown rally but it was a bit of a different vibe right uh, the pandemic was still going and there were some restrictions and so people were there but it wasn't quite as joyous not quite as exciting you couldn't quite hug and, and present lays in the same way um, good thing COVID is a thing of the past and we'll never hear about it again <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all that aside it, it was a different feeling yesterday and it was pretty cool to see it, it's beautiful and, it, and it's beautiful to see the way that the, the sport of volleyball and this team is celebrated in the state of Hawaii and there's so much attention during the NCAA tournament of the the coverage or lack thereof and the support from the NCAA towards men's volleyball and you know there's there's so much attention on that that this is just such a 
breath of, of fresh air uh, to see how the people in Hawaii celebrate this team, how they celebrate this sport, and to show that, like, you know, there, there are people complaining in other places, and it's like, I get it. You know, the NCAA could do a lot more to help, but yes. look, it's possible. It's possible to love volleyball. It's possible to support these teams. And there's a place in the middle of the Pacific that does just that. So instead of there just kind of being this this gripe and this complaining about, like, what isn't being done, you know, places can kind of look at themselves and be like, hey, look, Hawaii's not exempt from that. The NCAA is not helping them out. Yeah, but look yeah. at how they're celebrated. Look at how they treat the sport of men's volleyball. Yeah, I mean, I think it just goes to show, hey, look, this is a viable product. In fact, I would argue that it is one of the best uh, recreational uh, ways to uh, enjoy and spend discretionary income that Hawaii has to yeah. offer, this this men's volleyball program. Uh, and it goes for several uh, of the programs within the University of Hawaii system, of course. But there, there is something viable about this sport. It is just a matter of, of exposing it to the to, to the different regions of the country particularly in the south you know you had that first point uh, collegiate event that was held in austin texas it was the first men's college volleyball event ever in the state of texas and hawaii was a part of it and so i think those are just small little steps to kind of crack through whatever barriers uh and and generalizations exist about men's volleyball but yeah here in hawaii where volleyball is lauded and worshipped perhaps at a level unlike really anywhere else in the galaxy mm -hmm. uh, I think that it, it, it goes to show that, yeah, this, this can be a money-making and money-generating sport. Uh, it can unify a community. Um, we're just a little bit further ahead of the curve on that. Yeah, and, and the, the Worsley brothers, uh, you know, and the, the out-of-system thing that they have going, yeah. whether it's the podcast and the events that they're going around from town to town, they're going to play a big part in that, too, That's because they're point. bringing a young crowd. They're on TikTok, and they're doing all these different things. I showed my daughter, who plays volleyball at the intermediate level, I showed her some of their videos, and she's like, this is the coolest thing ever, you know? And, and I know that they're coming uh, over the summer to Kailua Beach Park, I think, and they're going to do one of their events. And Those things look like a blast, They look the like so much fun, and so I think that's really going to help the cause, too. And, and obviously, it's not like Hawaii needs any more help, but <laughs> in some of the other places where you're introducing the sport, not just as the sport, but as a lifestyle and as um, something that goes beyond the competition that, you know, this is, you can find a group of friends here. You can, you know, you can have concerts, you can do all these things. And then of course, when the Olympics come around and beach volleyball, that gets uh, a little more attention as well. And so I think it's just going to take a, a group effort from everyone yeah. involved in all these different facets to, to help grow the sport. Yeah, because I think that the sport has evolved. I, I think there was a generalization about it, right? Where it's just, you know, it was serve, uh, Pass, set, spike, mm -hmm. side out, point, right? And, you know, rally scoring changed the dynamic a little bit. Uh, the introduction of the libero position in the college game, I think, really is the thing that has transitioned the sport into something that is far more entertaining, right? It was always assumed the, the women's version of the sport has the longer rallies. It is more entertaining because of it, uh, and I would not argue with that assessment at all, but I think you're seeing the men's game starting to catch up a little bit in terms of the length of rallies because the libero position is so specialized and you're starting to get such darn talented players playing that spot and really a guy you can kind of tip your hat to is none other than eric shoji who mm -hmm. i think everybody is still in agreement is probably the best libero in the history of college volleyball on the men's side to this point and i think he went to uh you know his career actually went so far as to kind of change the perception of that position make it something that was much more uh, respected uh, much more exalted uh, much more important
important overall. And so now you're seeing this next generation of liberos who are darn good and I think contributing to changing the, the dynamic of that game. How cool is that, by the way, that local boy is able to change the sport yeah. the, the way that he has and, and, and really kind He's of open playing, doors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but the, the open doors into, you know, evolving a sport. And, you know, it be, because of us being the age that we are, you know, sports are kind of set already, right? And so there aren't too many people that I can think of in sports that, that really changed the landscape of their sport moving forward. Stephen Curry, I think, obviously, yeah. in basketball is one. But, you know, when you look at baseball, I mean, we, we've we seen great players. Barry Bonds, Mike Trout, probably two of the greatest players to ever, ever play. Um, yet, how much did they really change baseball? They just kind of set the bar higher. I mean, it's pretty cool what Eric Shoji did in his career. Yeah, it's more the uh, analytics bros that changed baseball, yeah. right? It was it was a change that came from off the field, yeah. really, in how this game is played. But, yeah, volleyball, uh, it, it is something pretty special here. So much so that you even saw uh, anybody that was uh, reading the Honolulu Star Advertiser column the other day from Curtis Moriyama suggesting that in uh, – in the sport of volleyball that Hawaii should consider making it an official sport of the state of Hawaii alongside what uh, are already considered official Hawaii state sports, surfing and canoe paddling, which, of course, are more indigenous mm -hmm. to this place. But uh, Curtis arguing that, you know, volleyball is so popular here, and I don't think that it's an exaggeration to say that uh, it is maybe more popular here than anywhere else, certainly in the country. Uh, and, and so he's saying, hey, maybe it's time for Hawaii to consider making it an official sport, adopting it as such. I, I'm not too privy as to what the benefits are. I, I think it's just a label, right? I don't think mm -hmm. that there's like any kind of state funding that is provided for those sports if they're official sport. I, I don't think there's anything that's more uh, tangible than just being recognized in that way. Uh, but unlike surfing and canoe paddling, volleyball was invented in Massachusetts in 1895. Hawaii has had a long history of the sport. Uh, there are testimonials saying that beach volleyball was first played here all the way back in like 1915 and obviously no place singularly appreciates it the same way that people here do, I think, by and large. But uh, would you be in favor of a recognition like that for the sport of volleyball? Do you think it, it requires or commands that? No, I, I don't think it needs it, right? I mean, you, you know, it can, it can have a label like, uh, like Detroit being Hockey Town USA. Like it doesn't mean that, you know, that Detroit is the capital of, of the hockey world or whatever. It's just like a label. You know, I, I'm with you with uh, surfing and canoe paddling. Like that's it started here, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that it's therefore, cultural and that's historical. why it's the the official state sport. And 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 I don't think that you need, you know, each time something becomes popular, you need to make it the official blank of Hawaii, right? Like, because then you can make the argument that mixed martial arts, you know, is up there as being more popular in the state of Hawaii than other states, you know, as a whole. Um, you'd look at, you know, Heineken being the official drink of Hawaii, even though it's like from the Netherlands or whatever, right? Like, just be like, hey, there's plenty of people drink Heineken. So, uh, cheers. It's the, the official drink of Hawaii. The yeah. bottles are green. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't think it needs, I mean, I think we can come up with a fun name and, and the program. That's more of like the University of Hawaii can adopt a title and yeah. like hockey town for the Detroit Red Wings uh, or title town, like the green Bay Packers, like you can make it feel like, Hey, Hawaii is the capital of the volleyball world and you can come up with something, but I don't think it needs to go to the state level to where 
it's you know the humu humu nuku nuku apua and men's volleyball and surfing and canoe paddling and and the nene yeah yeah no i hear you 296-1420 is the number to call you can text in you can call in if you have a question or comment talking about curtis moriyama's column suggesting that hawaii consider making volleyball an official state sport uh i'm kind of with you i think the indigenous nature of surfing and canoe paddling just it, it, it sort of brings a certain spirit culturally uh historically uh, I, I think that those definitely i i would fear and i think glenn wakai was quoted in this column uh, senator glenn wakai saying that that his concern would be that maybe adding sports and this would open the door for like you're saying maybe other sports that are popular here might diminish the the value or or mm -hmm. sort of the special nature of surfing and canoe paddling in this context and i kind of agree with that what this also prompted me to do was look up other states official state sports and i don't think every state has adopted a sport i i, I would say that maybe less than half of the united states have done so but it's kind of interesting when you look at some of these other states uh, and the official sports uh, that they uh, have declared for alaska their official sport it was adopted in 1972 dog mushing oh wait, i like that yeah i would have guessed ice fishing but uh yeah yeah i like it i we, like it we got problems on this one california they adopted this in 2018 surfing Come uh, on, Cali. Come on. So predictable. My goodness. I mean, that's just that just bothersome. <laughs> uh, Indiana cross country is their official state sport. I would have thought racing. Or or yeah yeah maybe. Like like you know like IndyCar. Yeah. I mean it's in like Indy. Car. How about how about this one? The state of Maryland has two state sports. They have a state sport and a state team sport. The state sport is uh, which was adopted in 1962. Jousting. Oh man! <laughs> in 2004, the state team sport is lacrosse. So wait, what year was jousting adopted? 1962. Wait, they're jousting in 1962. <laughs> well, they were at least recognizing it wow. in 1962. I'm, I'm sure they were jousting it's much a tough earlier. Place than to that. grow up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Massachusetts, which is where volleyball was born. How good, wait, how good would Hawaii be in jousting? Oh, I right? wonder because of our ability to mount horses <laughs> <laughs> boy you just i mean there's big people and there's a it depends on what, background, yeah, right? depends on what kind of jousting you're talking yeah. about i guess i hear you massachusetts by the way has declared volleyball as an official state sport because that's where because it was invented it, yeah. yeah good for that also basketball interestingly enough of course Wait, they did both they have both yeah oh well curtis curtis is down with that uh michigan's official state sport wakeboarding in Michigan, ah, I guess you know, like got the, the lakes. lakes, right? Yeah, uh, Minnesota is ice hockey. There you go. Um, New Hampshire skiing. There you go. New York is baseball, right? Cooperstown makes sense. Uh, North Carolina stock car racing. Uh, Washington, the state of Washington. Here's their official state sport as of 2022, my friend. Pickleball. Oh, <laughs> it was a very recent okay. occurrence. At what point? Is pickleball not like the new thing, right? Because I swear. Oh, like, it's the new thing. No, but like 20 years ago, I remember pickleball being like the new thing, and you sing it on like USA Today, or not USA Today, but Good Morning America. Yeah. And like, oh, there's this new wave, and everyone's doing it. And, and like 20 years later, that it's still the 
conversation. Like, I don't get it. At what point is it, like, not the new thing and it's just pickleball now? Yeah, well, I think there's difference, right? It's, it's, it's how many people are participating in it, right? And then there's, like, the mainstream media coverage and broadcasting and sharing of it, right? That, those are two different things, I think, right? It's, it's kind of why we talk about youth soccer being so popular, uh -huh. even though soccer is not necessarily considered among the, perhaps wrongly so, but among the uh, primary mainstream sports in the United States. Uh, but yeah, Washington, pickleball. There you go. They just, they, they just had no history with state sports until this year, and it's pickleball. I remember, didn't Robert K. Kamala play pickleball when we were still at KITV? Like, he did a story. I, think, I mean, and I that think was did, yeah. 20 years ago. Or, yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. All right. And then uh, here we go. This is just to round out the conversation. Uh, South Dakota, rodeo. Texas, rodeo. <laughs> Wyoming. 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 Yes. Rodeo. Yes. And there it is, your list of state sports. Uh, we could make MMA, though, as a, a sort of tangential point here, the official sport of Kailua High School. <laughs> hey, all hail to the blue and to the white. <laughs> you are one of the very few. You and Brian McInnes yeah. are like the only two Kailua High School alums who are not uh, practitioners of mixed martial arts or jiu-jitsu currently. You got a record of 0-0. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't lost yet. 296-1420 is the number to call. We're going to go ahead and take a break. we got more to talk about here. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the ESPN Honolulu studios being joined alongside KHON2 Sports Director Rob DeMello. 296-1420 is the number to call. You can text any question or comment in as well. Uh, all right, let's switch gears a little bit because uh, this is kind of an interesting tweak that we're going to see here this upcoming series for the Rainbow Warrior baseball team as they get ready to play a road series at UC San Diego. Uh, and we're going to see a change in the starting rotation. Blaze Koali Pontes, who has just been lights out since he has been inserted as a full-time starter in the rotation. This guy is averaging like 12 strikeouts per nine innings. Uh, he has walked uh, just three in 31 and two-thirds innings since becoming a full-time starter. I mean, this guy is putting up some incredible starting pitching numbers. Um, let's see. In the past 10 appearances, 1.38 earn run average in five starts, 1.43 ERA with a 0 0.98 whip, right? Walks, hits per innings pitched. And uh, so, yeah, this is... Um, this is a guy who seems to be locked in at the moment. Uh, Rich Hill saying that he has felt for some time now that Lee Pontes had the stuff to be the number one guy, to be the ace, the, the Friday night guy, even though sometimes it's Thursday night, but the, the series opening starter. Kate Halimano, of course, occupying that spot in the rotation for the majority of the season. Uh, things have been a little bit more laborious for him as of late. Uh, and it was just hard, Rich Hill said, because of some of the midweek games that were scheduled. You had the tweak in the schedule last week where the the first game was Thursday because of graduation. That it was just hard based on the allotted day's rest for Pontes to make that switch. But now we go back to a more traditional Friday, Saturday, Sunday layout for this upcoming road series. And so Rich Hill saying, all right, this affords me the chance to put Pontes as the number one guy. How do you feel about that maneuver here by Rich Hill with basically just two weeks left in the season? Yeah, I mean, if that's your approach that your guy, your number one guy gets the start on Friday night, I mean... Blaze Koli Pontes is the number one guy. He's the ace of this team. And watching how he's developed here over the course of this season has been a real treat to see. And, you know, he's real tight with Aaron Davenport. And they spend the offseason together. They work out together. And obviously they have different stuff. 
but you watch the approach and you watch uh, of how he pitches, uh, even uh, time between pitches and, and, and the way that he carries himself uh, on the, the baseball field is just that absolute killer on the mound. I mean, that that guy is the closest thing to Aaron Davenport that, that the University of Hawaii baseball team has. And, um, you know, I, I talked to Josh Pacheco when I came in today about this, where I've always been of the belief in, in college baseball in a three-game series that your guy goes Saturday. I'm a strong supporter of your ace goes on Saturday because of these three-game conference series. They're so important, and you can't lose a series on Saturday if your guy is going, right? I mean, if, if that's the belief that, you know, every time he goes out there, you have a chance to win. I, I'd see the importance of setting a tone, but you know, if you set the tone on Friday, you win that game, and then on Saturday, Sunday, you don't have that confidence in, into those pitchers carrying you to a win. I think getting the momentum on Saturday, even if you lose on Friday, if you win on Saturday and you have that momentum going into the rubber match, because you got to win these series, you got to take two out of three all season long. That's when your guy goes. That's just my belief, and that's how I've always viewed it. Well, and that's why I kind of thought this was a, a valid topic and, and a valid question is because, yeah, hey, Hawaii's series openers here the last three weeks have been rough. They were outscored 30-7 to seven in mm -hmm. series openers over their last three series. That said, they won all those series. And, of course, Sunday is like the, the big, you know, blasty-blast day for <laughs> yeah. Hawaii where it's just like a get-fat day every single time they're closing out a series. But uh, I do think that that's a valid question because Hawaii hitting hasn't exactly been there against opposing teams aces and we've seen some gems of performance from the other teams here in past weeks on that day one so you're right it's it's the role of the dice here a little bit by rich hill uh while i'm sure he wants to see better results on day one of these three game sets you're still winning these series and if you're not going to get hitting anyway even if you have pontes on mm -hmm. the mound you know how much does that potentially change that that dynamic and that rhythm that this Hawaii team has been able to find? 296-1420 is the number to call. We do have a caller on the line who wants to talk a little UH baseball. Tony, what's up? Camilla, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you, Tony? I want to talk about UH baseball. I want to talk about baseball in general. <laughs> the, you know, you were talking earlier. Like people were talking. The game hasn't changed, but the game has changed. And you wonder, well, what's this guy talking about? This word, bullpen game. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go back about two years ago, when the COVID hit, that's when managers started saying, I think in major league area, let's have a bullpen game. And the fans are going, well, what's this guy talking about? Pitchers go in one or two innings at the max. It, I mean, what is this about? Ten years ago, you never saw that. You never saw that. That's where the game has changed. Now, let's go to UH baseball. Rich Hill inherited this pitching staff. We thought we had one good starter, one not-so-good starter, and a whole bunch of other guys. Now, what Rich Hill did, he said, okay, I got now we have Ponte, who's excellent. Our other starters can't go past two or three innings. So what he did is he trained his pitching staff to be able to go one or two innings max. And they're doing that, if you look at this, they're doing that in game two and game three or game one and game three every week during the season, during this winning streak. And that is entirely different yeah. than what we've seen in the past. Think about this now. 
And he's been good at that. And he's got a bunch of pitchers now on the staff that can do, they can throw two innings. Yeah. But when you notice when they throw three innings, all of a sudden, they're out of there. Well, he realizes. Okay, go ahead. No, no, I, I think I think where you're headed is is uh, it makes sense. Rich Hill has had to to do a lot here <laughs> on the fly, uh, and I don't want to necessarily yeah. say it's like smoke and mirrors stuff. Uh, but, you know, it, I think in some ways, especially early in the season offensively, it, it was, right, in, in the way he was trying to send guys in motion around the bases, uh, which is partly his style, but I think a lot of that was also out of necessity with the lineup that he had. And now you got this lineup that, that's hitting more or less at least the majority of games. Uh, but as it pertains to the pitching staff, yeah, same thing. You know, they're, I'm sure he would prefer to have two or three established starters, an established closer, an established middle innings guy or four. And and I'm sure that that would be the best case scenario for him, but that hasn't quite presented itself. There's been too much inconsistency elsewhere on the pitching staff. And so you're right. I, I think this has been really an adjustment season on the fly for Rich Hill strategically and otherwise. And a lot of it is just based on, on you know, what he has at his disposal. You know, if you look at the other teams in the Big West, a lot of teams are having the same problem. They have one good starter, maybe two, and the third day it's like bullpen. Mm -hmm. But those pitchers haven't trained their pitching staff like Hill did. Okay, that that's one of the reasons why we've got we've won all these series, a uh, past series in the last week. He he has adjusted, and the re the rest of the managers haven't. If you want to look at another manager who's adjusted to this, it's Gabe Kepler at San Francisco. Every third or fourth day, there's a bullpen game. Yeah. I'm going, major league level? Yeah. And no, he it's, continues that. It's crazy. It's crazy how it's changed. Hey, Steve, thank you for the call. We do have another call that's uh, looking to get in here. 296-1420 is the number. I'm sorry. That was um, – we have Steve on the line now, right? Yeah, sorry about that. Um, Steve, you're on the line. What's up? Hey. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I'll make this quick. You know, I'm old school. I, w I'm, I go back to the days watching Tatsuno and Murakami, and we had those two games in Arizona, and we almost came, we came back and won the second of the last one, but we just fell short of a national championship. But I want to say, this team, this year, and I've never real been real big with UH baseball, only on and off, but I, I'm kind of laid up, so I've turned my bedroom into a hospital. And so I've been listening to all the games on the radio, and this is the most exciting team we have ever had, hands down. Everybody can hit a home run. You know, Duarte, he's going to play in the pros. You ever hear of a catcher throwing all those base runners out that are trying to steal on him? It's too bad he got injured. And uh, the second guy, uh, I'm drawing a blank on The second name, catcher? But... Nainoa Cardenas? No, I mean the second batter, oh. uh, the center fielder. Oh, uh, Cole, Cole Cabrera. Cabrera, yeah. Cole Cabrera. Is that a name for the pros? There is a Cabrera already playing for something. <laughs> yeah, there have been a few good you ones. Know, I mean, the guy is he's a perfect fit. And I am just in love with Bronson Rivera. My goodness gracious. Yeah, no, that guy, he that looks guy the is, part. Bronson Rivera looks the part, man. But I like Coach Hill. I mean, he is not afraid to mix it up. He's smart. You know, nothing against the previous coaches, but since Murakami... This is the most exciting teams, and my goodness, I am just having so much fun. I'm kind of feeling like the season's coming to an end, and I'm a basketball fan, big-time basketball with UH. Now I got baseball, too, now, so I am just so happy. I just wanted to come in and make a comment. You know, thanks so much for letting me 
put my two cents in. Oh, no, absolutely, Steve. Appreciate the call. I yeah. uh, hope you're feeling all right. You said you were laid up. I hope that's uh, going okay. And uh, thank you for calling. You're always welcome to give us a jingle there. All right, Steve. Uh, also, Tony was the caller before him, so I wanted to thank Tony officially uh, for uh, for calling. And any any sort of reaction to what you heard there? Yeah. I mean, well, first off, I mean the the excitement level around UH baseball, I, I think, is just. And and I, I'm I'm with Stephen that uh, it, it's a great it's a great product. And uh, what Coach Hill has done is is he's been able to find a way to win games even when their backs are against the wall and, and you know and to the point of uh the the pitching and and having bullpen games you know obviously Kate Halimanu if, if things were to go the way coach Hill would want he'd want Kate to go six innings every time he goes out there I, I don't think there's ever been a thought that okay we're throwing Kate two innings today or you know th this would be a 2.1 game and we're going to bring in a, a, a staff it's it's the games that he's been able to have command and he's not walking guys I mean, you look down the 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 list of of his season, and if he's walking under three, he's going six, seven innings. Um, but to be able to win games the way they have, mm -hmm. by especially on the Sundays, by bringing in like you saw this past weekend, Andy Archer, who started off strong, he goes two and a third, two and two thirds, and and then you bring in a Dalton Rennie and uh, you know a Connor Harrison, and they're able to get things done that way. And and yeah, it's obviously gives you an opportunity to be able to walk away that Sunday win, especially because your bats yeah. are doing what they are doing on Sundays. Yeah, maybe it takes a little bit of pressure off Cade, right, not mm -hmm. being that number one guy. I, I guess my fear, and this is Kanoa paranoia all the way, uh, I, I tend to be a bit uh, of a fatalist at times, and you know, I just worry you don't want to waste that Lee Pontes start, mm -hmm. right? And I think what, what we have seen is day two, they've been able to take advantage of the way this guy has been locked in. I get a little fearful that they won't produce the kind of offense uh, and, and the kind of runs necessary to take advantage of Lee Pontes. But, uh, hey, that's sports fandom right there. Well, and, and there's always that old saying, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, and they're taking two or three from all these series right, here in the yeah. Big West Conference, and you have Lee on Saturdays, and you can feel confident that not only you're getting those wins, but then you're also heading into Sunday with all this confidence because of the confidence that yeah. Lee Pontes commands on that baseball field and that he gives to the rest of his team, you enter the ballpark on Sunday feeling that already because you had Lee. And it just makes things a little, yeah. a little scary. That day one's been kind of broke, though, yeah. <laughs> the last few weeks. So maybe that is something that Rich Hill is just trying to fix there. We have Curtis on the line before we have to take a break. What's up, Curtis? Hey, how's it going, guys? I uh, just wanted to comment on uh, earlier this week, uh, Rob was talking about I guess his style of reporting, and I didn't really realize it, but he mentioned, like, if you were mentioned to me or asked me who's in the NBA Finals, he wouldn't be able to answer it. But Hawaii sports, he, he started going off and saying about all of this. And I thought that is so cool because I watched that report last night about, I can't remember his name, the artist, and Colton Wong. And yeah, I was Aaron telling Kai. my wife about, Yeah, I was telling my wife about what he said, and... I started watching in a different way, viewing the, the sports reports that you give out in a different way. I'm like, who else would have known about this this artist and what he did, and except, well, Rob, you brought it out. And so this changed my perspective of watching your, sporting, uh, your sports report, and it gives me a better appreciation. I don't know what awards are out there, Golden, 
Globe Award or Academy Award. <laughs> Definitely, you deserve a Poke Bowl or, or Poke for a year or Poi for a year or something for that type of report. I didn't like Hawaii sports as much, so I just thought I'd call in and say something about it. That's uh. so cool. I appreciate that very much. Thank you. And, uh, you know, we all love Hawaii sports, and that's why we could all get along. That's right. And we all love Pokeballs, I think, yeah, for the most yeah. part. So, yeah, that would be a heck of a, an award for <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, where do I sign up? You get, up? like, a year-long, like, Pokeball pass, like one Pokeball per day at Foodland or something like Bruh. that. That would be pretty awesome, man. I guess you'll just have to settle for the sports, Emmy. <laughs> 296-1420 is the number to call. All right, we're overdue to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to kind of change the topic up in a segment that we'll call If I Ruled the World, what kind of changes would we make immediately if granted the power to change certain things and in the world And going to sing that song. And I will sing that song I on my golden microphone <laughs> that I have right here in my pocket. I'm really not prepared, guys. All right, hey, Keegan, let's go jack it up. All right, welcome back. Let's talk sports coming to you on this Wednesday. Kanoa Leahy here in the ESPN Honolulu studios, sitting across from my man, KHON2 Sports Director Rob DeMello, who is going to be one of the people swinging through here. Uh, we definitely appreciate him being here. And uh, 296-1420 is the number call. Appreciate some of the callers that have decided to chime in here so far on this edition of the program. Uh, but we want to get into a different segment, a segment that we are calling If I Ruled the World. All right? If we had enough production work behind this show, uh, we would have the imaging perhaps of that Lauren Hill, if I ruled the world riff, uh, it would it would be fantastic. If only we had an incredible singer if in I our presence. If I ruled the world, there you go. <laughs> all right, yeah, that was really all it was cracked up to be. Uh, but this is a segment where we, if we ruled the world as it pertains to sports, and we could make immediate necessary changes at least in the way that we feel would be most valuable to anything in the world of sports what would those changes be i'm thinking maybe we like list like three here all right so rob if you ruled the world uh you were given this kind of power what would be one of the things you would immediately change so can this be used selfishly like is this just 100 percent this okay. is you so if this you ruled the world okay so this isn't like i'm making the world better by no, no, like no. this is just this making is, my this, life this is like, <laughs> this is full-on authoritarianism <laughs> this is a total autocracy this is okay. this is all on you to do what you want to do you're king for a day okay number one Build the dang stadium. <laughs> okay? I don't care if it's on campus. I don't care if it's in Halava. It could be on the corner of Bishop and King. All right? Just get it done. You know, and if, and if it's going to be on campus, like, if you can't get the, you know, all the, 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 the bells and whistles and everything done with the, what you're trying to accomplish at the, the current Aloha Stadium, just take the money that's allocated for the actual stadium, give it to the university, let them build a stadium and not a makeshift stadium, not aluminum bleachers. Like, you need a concourse and bathrooms and, like, an actual football stadium <laughs> uh, just get it done all right and so if i'm if i have this genie in a bottle for for hawaii sports that's what i'm doing i'm getting this stadium built tomorrow yeah yeah if, if we were to start listing just some of the sports related debacles that have occurred Gosh. as it pertains to hawaii sports like that's got to be at or near the top of the list it's is be how this one. how aloha stadium was was allowed to just deteriorate to the point where it had to be shut down and condemned and now we're in limbo as a fan base because you have this retrofitted uh, football facility on campus but now it's like when is that 
replacement stadium? When is that uh, upgrade going to take place, if ever? And, and, and the fact that we were allowed to get to this point has to be up there. Maybe like the Stevie Wonder concert would be the other no, one. No, no, no. This is number one. It takes the cake because can you think of another location in the United States of America that this has happened? I mean, maybe it has. And, you know, I can't think of a place that as this team is actively playing there, because if you think about it, right, that, that UNLV game, yeah. uh, what was it, like a month later is when it was That's announced right. that, yeah. that this stadium would be no longer, right? Yeah. I mean, so as a team is playing there, that it is no longer safe for people to go to and that you can't play there anymore and that you need to find a new home. And I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I can't believe that, that that's the world that we live in. Well, right and, now. and you wonder, would it have been something that would have happened earlier if, you know, because COVID wasn't allowing fans to yeah. come in there. And so that was really the only excuse as to why they were still able to hold mm -hmm. games in Aloha stadium was because they didn't have to worry about the safety of fans in the stands. Uh, what an absolute debacle. All right, we'll go to mine. If I ruled the world, uh, I want to implement the Elam ending in NBA basketball. Are you familiar with the Elam is ending? Is that what the All-Star game does? Uh, is that they did it in the All-Star game, correct. They also introduced it as uh, the ending to the basketball tournament. You know that uh, tournament that they play for like a million bucks? I think it's up to like $2 million now. It's just all these teams of former college alums and overseas uh, pros. And uh, Anyway, it's an, it, the ending, if you're not familiar, is you play to a certain point uh, when... Uh, you get to a certain time on the clock based on where the score is, a target score is created. Mm. And so the team that's in front obviously has the advantage to get to the target score. The other team has to come from behind. But it, it instead of trying to play out the clock, right, you are, which requires, you know, trying to play a little bit more slowly. Uh, maybe you're fouling to try to pervert, uh, to preserve time on the clock. You're going for that target score. And so uh, it basically justifies fewer timeouts. There's less stoppage in play, fewer fouls because you don't want to send guys to the line to get free points. It is pretty fantastic. And the way this past All-Star game in the NBA season ended uh, with LeBron's heroics in Cleveland, like it was fantastic stuff. I am a believer, as radical as it is, and I love basketball. You know that. Yeah. I love the NBA. Uh, but I'm a believer this Elam ending would make it all that much more enjoyable. No, it, it sounds awesome, and it guarantees a winning shot in every single game. There yeah. is always a winning shot. There's no way you don't dribble anything out. The time doesn't run out. I mean, every single game will end with an incredible moment, whether you're at home or on the road. That's the positive of it, and I love it. The negative is then you're going to start getting – into murky waters for statistics, right? And the chase for X amount of points and who's the all-time leading scorer and averages in scoring. And I just feel like the I – mean, I'm not one of these people. I'm not a, you know, basketball um, enthusiast in, in regards to, uh, you know, being by the book. But, you know, there's going to be, you know, players that are going to be able to not score as much as others because there's this target. So you're not going to have these blowouts, 122 to 88 or whatever. And then on the other side, maybe you get players that score too much because they're chasing this number, right? And so they're going to end up scoring 50 points because there's no clock anymore. It's you're chasing this, yeah. this target date. Well, but, you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate on that. Sure. One. I mean, if there's still a discrepancy on the scoreboard, like if a team's up 30 and the target score is like, you know, 12 points later once you get down to five minutes, it's a 48-minute game. You get down to the last five minutes, you put an Elam score. I don't think it's going to impact overall statistics 
all that much. And I think you're right. Like the benefit far outweighs some of the negative for sure. Uh, I'm also in favor of the Elam ending in football where we just bring Jason Elam on to <laughs> kick a field goal. If he makes it, then Hawaii wins. If he misses it, then that would be the overtime format for Hawaii uh, college I love football that. games. I love that. I love the Elam, <laughs> Elam ending there. Okay, my number two is bringing back minor league baseball to the state of Hawaii. Right, in your same way that you love basketball, baseball is by far my favorite sport. I mean, nothing even comes close. I mean, I love all sports, but baseball is so much further ahead than everything else for me. And I just want to be able to see minor league baseball in the state of Hawaii. The Hawaii Islanders left in 1987, so I was five years old so i do remember going to an islanders game and i remember growing up thinking that it was like a byuh game because i remember the red and the gold and i as i was getting a little bit older being confused to like what was that you know and and then figuring out what it was um i was able to enjoy hawaii winter baseball uh yeah in both of its uh runnings that that they did and um and i remember at that time me being super into white winter baseball and you thinking I was the craziest person ever. But um, I, I just like to see it. And, and so whether it's like that, where it's like a Cape Cod League, uh, you know, something that you do over the course of the winter um, and you bring some of the big names and the future stars of the game and, and you have them live out here for a little bit and, and play um, or – you you have a triple A team like like the Hawaii Islanders were. Oh I, man, I the would, Hawaii Islanders are so great. I would bring that back and uh, that and really that's my the stadium issue is is really bad. So I guess that's still my number one. But <laughs> I would love to see minor league baseball in Hawaii. Oh man, the the Hawaii Islanders were the best, right? They were with the Padres and then with the Pirates. You had guys like Benny DiStefano who was moving up and down between the show and the minors. Tommy Sant was the manager. Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds was an Islander Barry for crying Bonds. out loud. And the other day. Uh, so Sam Spangler, who I work with, our good buddy, is a huge San Francisco Giants fan, a huge Barry Bonds fan. And so one day we we're just talking about Barry Bonds being in Hawaii. How cool would that be? And so I was able to go back into our archives and I dug. I mean, it took me hours and hours because it wasn't listed as to who is in this video. I was just going through Islander games, Islander games on the KHON2 archives. And I found a game of Barry Bonds hitting an RBI. No and, kidding. And yeah, it was awesome. That is pretty awesome. All right. Well, we are up against a break. And so uh, I have one more that I want to do, but I actually or wanted to do. But I'm going to give away to a text that I got from a good friend, Jerry Ferreira, uh, who said, because I think we're playing this game wrong. Like, I think he he cracked the code uh -oh. to how we play this. He said, if I ruled the world, I'd pay myself $37 million a year to analyze football with zero broadcasting experience. <laughs> Yeah, Jerry, you win. Oh, Jerry, you he win. must have went to Iwalani. <laughs> no, St. Louis. Surprising. Oh! <laughs> 296-1420 is the number to call. <laughs> That's if we ruled the world. We'll have some more, I'm sure, in another episode of the program. But uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, our best and worst. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. There was uh, a near explosion of... <laughs> Fury and rage that occurred here in the <laughs> studio as Keegan Ota, who's working the board here today, uh, Rob DeMello, Cage Went to Sports Director, who's sitting in with me, Kanoa Leahy here on Let's Talk Sports. Uh, Keegan, like, it was it was hilarious. <laughs> right before we go back on the air, he hears you talking about the Angels. That's your favorite team. Mike Trout gushing on him. I was telling you, Mike Trout and, and Shohei, they're probably going to be in the postseason this year. They're going to be awesome. Finally, we need to see these guys in the playoffs. And Keegan counting down. Like, all right, you're on in four, three, two. The Angels are going to find a way to choke. And then we went on the air. And Rob's reaction was visceral. <laughs> 
It was <laughs> it was angst ridden. Uh, it, it just was absolutely pointed in the direction of Keegan to where I thought Rob was going to do something that could possibly make headlines. Well played, Keegan. Well played. Yeah, that was that was a really good strategy right there. All right, uh, it is quarter number four here for us on this Wednesday edition of the program. We're gonna end things as we like to do most of the time with our best and worst for this edition of Let's Talk Sports. What's your best here, Rob? My best is Hilo's own Colton Wong, who on Sunday played in his 1,000th career Major League Baseball game, joining Mike Lum, Shane Victorino, Kurt Suzuki as the only Hawaii-born players to ever accomplish that feat. And he did it in an incredible game. He went two for two with three walks. He had a home run, which was the 70th of his career. Um... You, uh, he had a stolen base, and he scored four runs. They won the game. And uh, so Colton Wong is my best. And I think something that gets overlooked and, and you know, not talked about enough, and, and I'm sure everyone understands it, but the fact that this guy turned down a, a solid draft pick by the Minnesota Twins coming out of high school to attend the University of Hawaii, he bet on himself to play for the state's team, to play for the Rainbows, and then he ends up being a first-round pick, and he has this uh, awesome career, two-time Gold Glove Award winner. I mean, he is the guy, right? We all talk about it in every sport. Like, imagine if the best of the best played for the University of Hawaii. They, if they stayed home, imagine that world. Well, Colton Wong is that world. He is evident A of that dream that everyone has Colton Wong the best yeah I mean perfect timing right you mentioned he came up clutch today against Kenley Jansen uh in the ninth inning uh Brewers taking on the the Braves and was able to tie that game with an RBI triple stand-up triple sent it to extras they won in 11 innings so yeah just the hits keep coming literally for Colton Wong that's a good one my best uh there is a young man in Nebraska by the name of Mikey Gao 14 year old prep quarterback at Bellevue East High School he is ambidextrous he can throw with either his right arm or his left arm with accuracy, with some strength. Uh, videos of this guy are going viral. He started on the varsity team as a freshman. I think he is officially more like he is in game situations a left-handed thrower, but he is clearly showing the ability to throw with either side. Could just change the game altogether. Notre Dame, Michigan, Nebraska among those looking at him. And the reason I brought it up is because it gives me a chance to mention one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite people, uh, fellow Portuguese, Rick Ornell who once told me, oh, man, I would give my right arm to be ambidextrous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your worst, Rob? My worst is this out time. What is it? We, we have yeah, like we a have, minute and a half left. We have 33 seconds. On? So what's yeah, your that's, worst? That's my worst, the out time. Oh, okay. I, I'd like to have more time with Cannoli. Oh, okay. Well, my worst is Matt Harvey, former Mets and Angels pitcher, currently with the Orioles AAA affiliate, suspended 60 games for distributing a drug of abuse, also known as Oxy, including exchanging pills with Tyler Skaggs, his former Angels teammate who died in 2019 of an opioid overdose. Matt Harvey, thumbs down. Like Warner Brothers DC division thought, this dark night could use a reboot. All right, that's <laughs> it for us. 296-1420 is the number to call. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Rob, thanks, man. Chee-hoo! Keegan, you're going to get it. See you tomorrow, everybody.